content of B2B marketing. And I'm joined today by Dmitry Lazitsky, who is the co-founder of Influ2. Um, and today we're going to be talking about something called buying group marketing um, and the possible evolution of ABM. But before we do, uh, Dmitry, could you please just introduce yourself and, and tell us a little bit about Influ2? Of course. Um, yeah, so... Um... I'm a co-founder of Influto, uh, and uh, you know, before that, uh, I started my career in advertising, like more than 20 years ago, and, uh, and then uh, actually I co-founded another company called Globalogic uh, that was acquired by Hitachi recently. Um, yeah, so that's kind of my, my background. So I spent all my life in the kind of B2B advertising space before co-founding Influto. Uh, and then speaking about Influto, Influto is uh, is basically the buying group marketing platform. So we we designed our product to actually to support what we will talk about today. Uh, and obviously they, they, this strategy is possible without our product, but we try to build a product that ultimately will make it simple and uh, efficient uh, to implement the strategy. Okay, fantastic. So um, the benefits of ABM, I think are very well understood at this stage, you know, less wasted marketing effort, greater ROI, so on, the list goes on. Um, but where do you think that ABM can sometimes fall short? Yeah, of course. Uh, so in fact, uh, the, the starting point for us uh, to create Infotool was as, as I realized uh, the deficiencies of ABM. And uh, that was back when I, I visited uh, demand-based conference long time ago as a client. And then uh, I realized that the, be the beauty of account-based marketing is a concept uh, that ultimately helps uh, marketers to support uh, sales effort. And I think this is probably the best strategy so far to support sales effort. At the same time, uh, when you think about account level targeting and account level approach, it's, uh, it felt like not precise enough to me. And I felt that uh, uh, ABM should be more precise in terms of who is they're targeting and really speaking about, we didn't call them buying groups back then because there was no such term uh, that was, you know, widely popularized by by Forrester and Gartner. But we realized there are some specific specific bar specific decision makers behind the accounts that are making decisions, and these are, you know, the guys you really care about, not the whole account of thousands of employees. So that that was the starting point for us to start the the, the info tool, and that was uh, the main deficiency that we saw in in ABM as a strategy. Okay, brilliant. And would you say that the, you know, the concept of buying group marketing then is a natural evolution of ABM? Um, and if so, why do you think it's so important to take that more buyer-specific approach? Of course, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think uh, I think um, um, buying group marketing could be could be the IBM type of thing when it was invented. I think uh, the challenge, however, like ten years ago or a little more, when actually the first uh, you know, mentionings of ABM uh, came into market. Uh, I think it was just impossible to execute the strategy. So it, it's kind of brilliant concept, but uh, it just BGM back then would not be possible. Um, and then, as as technology uh, you know evolved, uh, it's kind of natural evolution of ABM as a concept into BGM. But it, like in all the all the key ideas that you have in ABM are present in BGM. Uh, there's there's no such thing as like so there's nothing dismissed in, in the concept of ABM. In BGM, it just makes it more precise and efficient. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as the name suggests, obviously, uh, buying group marketing focuses on the specific buying group you're actually trying to target as opposed to the, the whole account. 
Um, so with that in mind, how can marketers actually establish who the members of the buying group are um, and the personas within it? Yeah, I think uh, uh, for many marketers, it seems like impossible uh, uh, you know, effort. And that basically uh, a very good sign of poor misalignment with sales because salespeople know these guys, right? And there's like, uh, there's a very old school uh, concept called account planning that I think every salesperson knows about. Well, not, not that every, every person, salesperson actually does it every time, but I think the concept is there. And, and when you uh, approach the digital account, definitely you, you do some version of account planning when you actually sit together with your team and look at a specific account and think, uh, who are the buyer, who are the decision makers in this account, who we want to reach out to and how to build a relationship to close this amazing future deal that we're working on. So I think this process, uh, has been present, uh, in sales, in sales, uh, yeah, process uh, for a while and uh, uh, there, there are basically two options either marketers uh, just should learn from salespeople actually and it's not that they need to replicate the process they just need to listen to what they already did actually look at what salespeople already did so salespeople can tell marketers who exactly they want to go after specific buying groups and specific names of people or uh, another way is basically to replicate the same process at scale uh, which is also possible again there are lots of data companies that supported starting from Zoom Info or like LinkedIn sales navigator uh, products uh, and, you know, to, to, to dozens and dozens of uh, great, you know, data companies have can support this process. So there are multiple ways to do it, but uh, definitely it is possible. But yeah, I think most marketers say, yeah, it's kind of painful and you need to, to, to you know, to spend your time. But this time really saves you a lot of efficiency, creates a lot of efficiency in the future because uh, you, there's no qualification process, for example. So if you did proper buying group uh, and development strategy and uh, you, you defined your buying groups very well, uh, all every person you talk to are qualified by default So because you already qualified them when you did this uh, exercise. So in fact, uh, it's kind of, uh, uh, it feels like uh, hard to do, before, like uh, kind of additional step uh, when when it comes to marketing strategy execution, but it saves a lot of time and energy for everybody else uh, afterwards. Mm, yeah, no, absolutely. And um, given all of that, what information do you think is important to collect on those individuals within the buying group? Yeah, I think uh, I think again, like it, it duplicates uh, the accounting process. In fact, uh, you need to understand the the, the accounts uh, you you're interested in, and that should come from salespeople in most cases because salespeople can prioritize uh, who they need to receive support from marketing people. Uh, and second, uh, when it comes to specific names and specific individuals, uh, it it all can it's all connected to kind of personal definition. So I think marketing has this concept. Uh, and uh, as soon as you understand your personas, you can actually look at the specific personas, specific accounts, and basically that's how you get to specific individuals in your in your uh, strategic accounts. So it's it again like similar processes are done by sales development sales teams uh, when they when they use sales navigator, for example. Yeah, of course. And once you find out exactly who you are trying to target um how do you think that marketers can produce relevant content for those different individuals so you know is tailoring content for a specific individual even feasible or is the resource just required too much well in fact uh, we we started uh, when we started our 
well, launched our platform five years ago. Um, the, the idea was, hey, you can if, if you can personalize your advertising and your marketing campaigns to specific individuals, you want to do this, right? Uh, in fact, uh, what we learned over this time is that uh, it's less about personalization. It's more about being relevant. Uh, so relevancy is what you look for. It's not about personalization. So uh, sharing with the person that uh, this specific email is targeted, is tailored to, to this person is great, but in fact, it's less important than actually talking about something that this person cares, cares about. So relevancy is, is really the key thing. Um, and then uh, when you think uh, in terms of relevancy, there are basically three angles where how you think about uh, personalization. First is obviously persona. So you, you want to tailor your message to the needs of specific uh, personas and like finance folks definitely care about different things versus HR folks if you sell ERP systems, for example, or uh, in like in case of Info2, we, we think that like marketing director or VP marketing cares about different things and speaks different language for marketing managers. So it's it's it can be related to their function or to relate to their um, uh, uh, seniority level, but uh, these are different you know, types of messages you want to craft based on that. And then uh, other two angles, obviously it's industry and it's kind of uh, I think it's kind of marketing one one these days. So you you, you don't want to uh, broadcast your same message across different industries uh, because definitely your clients from different industries need different things. And finally, um, speaking about marketing sales alignment, uh, definitely you want to consider the sales stage because uh, the, uh, the, for example, at the top of the file, uh, the key focus is to build awareness and to basically introduce a basic value proposition. Uh, so you, you want to be very simple and very straightforward in terms of messaging to, to you know, convey this key you know, brand awareness messages. Uh, while in the middle of the funnel, uh, you expect the person to know a lot about your product and your company already because they're already talking to your sales team. Uh, but probably you want to reinforce uh, these messages with some, you know, you know, content uh, focused on credibility, for example. So like testimonials or case studies could, could be very helpful. So really the choice of personalization, choice of content uh, really depends on your, on the phase of sales stage. And by the way, salespeople also, you know, appreciate uh, this uh, tailoring a lot because I think the main concern when it comes to personalization that we're coming from salespeople is our clients. Uh, was the idea that, you know, marketing messages are not not connected to our sales pitch and not connected to our sales station. That basically breaks our relationship, not helps us. Uh, uh, so definitely this is a very crucial, you know, consideration when it comes to personalization. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you mentioned the word relevance there, but it's not just the content that presumably needs to be relevant, but also the, the channel that that content's delivered in. So with that in mind, how do you think marketers can establish which channel specific individuals are operating in? Um, and why do you think it's so important to get that right message delivered in the right place? Yeah, well, I guess, um, obviously, I'm a big fan of advertising uh, because that's what I was doing almost uh, for like at least half of my career, but it, it'll do more than half. Uh, and the reason why why I love advertising is because it's the least intrusive way to build a relationship. Uh, people consume advertising when they're not busy with their day-to-day -day stuff. 
it's less intrusive than email marketing, for example, because email obviously interrupts people from their you know core focus, makes them annoyed, and while advertising is uh, is something people can see when they scroll their Facebook page, read news, and they can kind of open to get some new content. So definitely, when 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 you think about channel selection, um, advertising is the best choice for top of the funnel before the first engagement happens, before the first sales calls happen. Um, and then, uh, obviously, advertising is not the magic bullet. Uh, you can't apply it everywhere. Just rely on this because, uh, from from the other standpoint, uh, you want to connect through other channels uh, um, uh, that are more, you know, personalized and uh, more relevant uh, in the middle of the funnel. So, once once the first connection established, uh, definitely. Well, email marketing works well uh, as long as it, as you as it's personalized well and uh, you're, you're talking to the right audience. Um, and then, obviously, when it comes to email, you want people to expect this email to open it and to to not to market the spam. So obviously, email works much better at nurturing stages and further in the funnel. Uh, so so really, it's like the stage of the funnel is probably the primary consideration when it comes to channel selection. Besides that, I think uh, the more channels are employed, the better, uh, especially when it comes to you know kind of deal closing and uh, you really want to you know or or actually in like self development stage, you want to use all possible opportunities to connect uh, to your buyers, uh, you know, to, to to be noticed and to be relevant, uh, but at the same time to you know to break through the clutter of competition and uh, and and, and fi- finally to 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 get, to get to the first to the first conversation. Yeah, yeah, no, that's I completely agree. And when it comes to buying group marketing or, or any form of hyper-targeted marketing for that matter, um, why do you think it's so important that marketing and sales are fully aligned on the same page and, and working in the same direction? Um, and perhaps, you know, what's the danger if they're not? Uh, I think the final, uh, the first, uh, you know, the first uh, consideration when it comes to um Marketing sales alignment obviously is uh, marketing sales need to talk to the same people, and I, 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 yeah, it probably sounds funny and obvious, but if you think about the current uh, process, uh, I think the main challenge uh, that I heard from from really like lots of you know people back in B two B MX, for example, conference uh, like like once a month ago, was the fact that okay marketing team warmed up an account and then they passed uh, this account to salespeople and salespeople start their sales outreach but there are close to zero chances they're talking to the same people because they like they, the first question salespeople people ask is like who, who to talk who who should, who, should, who should they call and when you think about account uh, an account is uh, like the assumption that they could could contain like hundreds of thousands of employees so basically salespeople essentially start from scratch so so talking to the same audience is the most important thing and uh, unless this 100% insured everything else doesn't matter because if marketing talk to one people and sales people talk to, to other people nothing's happening um and then uh, obviously you know message alignment uh, so for example uh, when, when it comes to our internal process um we, we in fact have marketing accomplish marketing and self development team uh, sitting together as one unit as one team and then uh, we regularly have every time marketing runs uh, a new campaign 
they do a workshop for sales development before they explain the idea behind this campaign so they can act to these messages and they can leverage in their self development process. Uh, obviously, like when it comes to self development, it's very hard to come up with fresh ideas, and that's basically where marketing can really help. Um, and uh, and I think there are basically the, the benefit is twofold. First is they are talking to like they're speaking the same. They basically leverage the same concept across different channels. So it's kind of holistic campaign uh, that uh, comes from marketing and sales channels. Uh, and second, uh, you know, like every brilliant idea that marketing people come up with uh, can be leveraged by salespeople and vice versa. So I think these workshops can actually help both parties to to just by, to do their job better. Uh, so following on from that, then, do you think it's important to actually have shared metrics for sales and marketing, or, or should both departments still operate according to their own separate targets that they're accountable for? Well, it's kind of a very interesting uh, question because we tried to come up, uh, I think, over over the last five years, uh, we were thinking what kind of metrics marketing should apply and salespeople should apply, and how to align those metrics inside our company. And at the same time, we, we basically try to help our clients. Uh, you know, this is a very challenging question. And uh, in fact, uh, we came up with with this very you know simple idea that there's no. If you want to, these two teams to be aligned, they just need to share the same metric. Uh, and same for the panel. So we really believe that there's no, like when it comes to outbound sales and, and when it comes to revenue marketing, there's no marketing funnel versus sales funnel. It's the same funnel, same people, same process, uh, and same metrics. So uh, the, only, the only way for marketing people to be aligned to salespeople is to basically be responsible for for sales funnel for sales uh, pipeline. So, um, so we, we, we now we the, the way we define marketing metrics for our company is is basically sales pipeline is the ultimate marketing metric. And obviously, it's impossible just to use this metric as 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 the only KPI for marketing because there are lots of lagging indicators that drive sales pipeline. And uh, obviously, like when it comes to inbound marketing, you you also care about the number of inbound leads and number of you know requests and lots of like even like website traffic. Or when it comes to account-based marketing, you care about uh, the buying groups and the scoring of the buying groups. We we also use scoring models for to to understand the marketing impact and to isolate marketing impact from from other factors. But these are all intermediary metrics. To, to the ultimate metric of sales pipeline. And uh, sales pipeline is the ultimate marketing metric. And if it's not the one, there will always be a misalignment between marketing and sales teams. Okay, fantastic. And now I'd just like to discuss um, some of the results that buying group marketing can deliver because presumably it can lead to things, you know, like greater ROI and everything you just said. But what about those contributing factors? So things like customer experience, renewal, sales cycles, and, and so on? Yeah, well, uh, I guess. Um, Again, like all the contributing factors are great when when it comes to your ability to measure the increase in, in sales, right? Everything else are just secondary things, and uh, obviously you want to monitor them. You want to look into this, but uh, if you cannot prove you there is a very clear boost in sales uh, with your marketing effort, there's no marketing ROI. Every 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 other way to measure marketing ROI. Uh, is uh, is is a way to fool yourself. 
and and actually this is also kind of very hard because when you think about um, uh, cells uh, cells pipeline measurement and trying to understand what factors influence it, it's very hard to do because there are multiple factors at the same time. There are salespeople calling, marketing people, showing ads and like sending emails and all the things. So it's a hard thing to do, but it's very important. And then obviously when, when you think about other factors, uh, clearly, as you mentioned, uh, the whole buyer journey becomes much more smooth uh, in the way that um, uh, you, you basically design the touch points uh, in the way that they're aligned to each other. Uh, so, and, and in the way that, uh, you know, this, this idea of efficiency, the, the idea of, um, you know, high conversion rates, uh, it sounds very technical and very, you know, inhuman, but in fact, it's impossible to achieve without great barrier journey, right? So, if, and, and then obviously buying group marketing helps build exactly this. So. If, if, for example, you establish a relationship through advertising, this, which is much less intrusive, much easier way to identify initial interest. And then you capitalize on this interest through sales panels, uh, sales channels, and and, and then uh, you, your message is relevant, so it resonates with your target audience. So all the small things, uh, uh, we speak about personalization and relevance, it just makes buyer's journey amazing because uh, from buyer's standpoint, what happens is that you, you get your, your message uh, that is relevant to you, that is, and then uh, the next steps, uh, every every touch point is connected to each other uh, in some nice way and it makes sense to you and it, it clicks uh, and then you respond quickly and, and the whole decision is made easily. Uh, so you end up with buying an amazing product, which is great for, for buyers as well. It's not that you sell, Obviously, it's great when you sell something, but uh, if if your buyer experience is great, it's also amazing. So 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 all these great conversions and great experiences uh, are connected to each other, and uh, it's impossible to achieve great sales results without this with terrible journey and terrible conversion rates and spam and and all the all the bad things that are happening, unfortunately. Yeah, no, absolutely fantastic, and and buying group marketing. Um... You know, it does sound very glamorous, but I'm sure there will be some people listening thinking it just sounds like a, a rebranding of ABM done well. So what's your answer to that? You know, what do you think the distinct difference between ABM and, and buying group marketing is? Well, um, <clears throat> I think the best answer is was actually given to us by one of our first clients. And uh, it was a kind of co-founder of a, of a startup. And he said, you, you know what, you guys are not pitching your startup right. Because the, the way I would pitch your startup would, I would say, do you know who is clicking on your ads? And I think this is a very good uh, question, because before until you know who is clicking on your ads, who you're talking to, uh, you can say you are doing buying group marketing, right? You can do e-commerce marketing without knowing this, but buying group marketing starts from the idea that you know who you're talking to, uh, and this is a crucial thing. Uh, the different shades of BGM from from traditional IBM approach. Same and by the way, same for account marketing. Uh, I think uh, lots of marketers that we spoke to uh, that are kind of uh, late adopters of IBM said, "Yeah, we're doing kind of IBM." Uh, and and normally when when the salesperson does a discovery call, the question is like, "Okay, could you could you tell where like what kind of what accounts are targeting?" 
and then if 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 the prospect is not they don't know what what accounts they're targeting clearly it's maybe it's a good demand gen program but abm starts from the idea that you understand what accounts are going after and similarly bgm starts from from knowing the people buyers and, and buying routes that they are going after okay fair enough and my absolute final question for you and then we'll we'll start to wrap things up um i think there's a lot of there's obvious benefits towards targeting a really small group of decision makers. But do you think that might have some downsides? Because if you're putting all your effort into targeting, say, three key decision makers, and regardless of um, you know how strong your attempts are, you fail to win their business, um, I mean, that's got to be a huge sort of waste of, of time and effort. So, yeah, back to my original point. Do you think targeting a really small group can actually have some downsides? Um, actually, I heard this uh, um, argument um, many times from from you know ABM practitioners that were thinking about BGM, uh, and I think in their in their worldview, um, the idea is of ABM is that hey, like we we can talk to everybody in this target account. It's like there's no harm if engineers, even if you sell marketing product or financial product, there's no harm if engineers or secretaries or you know other guys know about the product so the fact that you're talking to other guys you know like you, you just create this impact on the whole organization is not bad um and i kind of well obviously if you can afford this uh it's not bad uh, the challenge is that while you're doing this you probably don't talk to the right people so we do not we do not argue that it's, there's nothing bad that you, if you were if you um, you know, like uh, if you warm up, uh, if you, for example, if you have, if you, if you have cattle and say uh, you warm up your surrounding, you know, your your room a little bit, it's not a problem. Um, probably it's probably it's kind of a little benefit in in winter, right? Uh, but if if it doesn't, if you can't uh, boil your your water uh, while you because you're boiling just your kind of room outside, but uh, you warm up your room, but you're not warm up the water inside the kettle, that's a problem. Right. So, so I guess, uh, um, you know, like going wider is not bad as long as you know that you're targeting the right people as well. And by the way, some of our clients do exactly this. So they use like our product together with six cents for demand days. And I don't think it's a bad idea because, uh, essentially what they do is they, they do exactly as you described, they, they target broader account just to warm up, you know, broader audience. And then they focus on the key decision makers inside the target accounts. So it also makes sense to me in, in some, you know, like if, if from our standpoint, they, they can afford this. Um, I think it's, it's not a bad strategy. However, if you have to choose, probably you want to focus on, on your priority decision makers first and then uh, to, to talk to everybody else. Perfect. Well, thank you very much. Um, I think that's all we've got time for today. So, Dimitri, thank you very much for joining us. Um, just a note to our audience as well. If you'd like to check out the full report, um, you can just follow the link in the description. Um, so that's all from us today, and we'll see you again soon. Bye-bye.